Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Thank you for joining for another episode, and I am so glad that you're here as we continue our journey home. Today's episode is on addressing, healing, recognizing loneliness. And many of us are not at home with ourselves, which heightens the loneliness. There is a difference between solitude and loneliness, and when I am not at home with me, I actually can never even enjoy solitude because I feel empty, because I feel disconnected and absent from myself. But even once we make the journey home, or once we are somewhat okay with ourselves, we can still experience loneliness. So I want to invite you to release any shame that others have placed on you about your desire for connection. Some people will talk negatively about those who voice experiences of loneliness and they will equate that with a lack of self-love. And I want you to know that is not true. That you can be working on yourself. You may have worked on yourself. You may be somewhat okay with you. You may even love you and still feel lonely at times. There are different aspects of loneliness. For some, it is that there are actually know people that we feel really know us, get us, spend time with us, and so we are alone and lonely. But then there are also those who can be with people and still feel lonely. So you may be dating and lonely. You could be married and lonely. You could have quote-unquote friends and be lonely, you could be at a family reunion, surrounded by people you are related to and still feel lonely. So it is not just about a physical presence, it is also about an emotional connection. It is about being home within yourself in the presence of another. That is authentic connection, friendship, relationship, partnership. When I can be at home with me in the presence of another person and it is healthy, it is normal, it is to be expected that we would to varying degrees desire that. So it does not mean automatically that you are quote unquote needy or dependent or insecure, there is something very beautiful 
about being known and knowing another. There is something very beautiful about healthy friendship. There is something very beautiful about intimacy and healthy companionship. So I want to start by saying that if you are feeling lonely, you do not want to judge the loneliness. You do not want to condemn yourself for the feeling. It is important to acknowledge it. What you are saying, and for some, there may have been seasons when you were so hurt that you did not even feel lonely. So those who have been healing from a breakup, a separation, a divorce, in some ways, once you start to desire connection again, as opposed to a bad thing, it's actually an indication of your growth. Because remember when you were so mad, you didn't wanna be bothered with anybody? Remember when you were so disgusted with the whole thing, when you were so in some ways destroyed or dismantled by the ending of that friendship or the ending of that relationship that you were clear, you wanted to spend the rest of your life in isolation. And so when you start to reawaken, when your trust starts to heal, when you start to heal and have awareness and insight and are able to pull the lessons out of those difficult times, then you may see uh, an awakening in your desire for connection, for friendship, or for romantic connection and relationship. And that is an important truth to recognize within yourself. When I don't recognize it as loneliness, sometimes we can make some destructive decisions. Sometimes loneliness can blind us to what is standing in front of us because our need is so great. Our desire is so great. What does that mean? It means when I want a friend so badly, sometimes I can miss warning signs that someone is actually not my friend and I can cling to them because I want connection. The same thing in the romantic arena. When I just desire companionship so intensely, sometimes I will ignore warning signs or areas of unfulfillment or the ways in which I am not at home with me when I am in this person's presence because I just want someone present. So I have to tell myself the truth so that I recognize the loneliness and at the same time, I do not let it over speak, over cover. I do not let it block out my view of truth, yes? So as we start to work on addressing loneliness and isolation, I am not coming at it from a place of just, you need to love you, right? We have done an episode about insecurity and self-love, but I wanna look at loneliness in and of itself and ways to start to address the emotional pain or the emotional longing that comes 
during those seasons. And one of the things I want to encourage you to do, to invite you to do, is look at some things that you can do on your own. Because some of us, if we don't have a best friend or if we don't have a partner, we isolate and end up doing nothing. And it is important to take the risk of doing some things within my own company. And that's one of the beautiful things about coming home to yourself is you start to get more comfortable with you. So asking yourself, are you comfortable going to eat by yourself? Not just sitting in the car eating, but going to eat by yourself. Are you comfortable going to the movies by yourself? If there is a show that you really wanted to see and you don't have someone to go with, would you be willing to go? by yourself? Are you willing to go to a gallery by yourself? Uh, Are you willing to go to a service or a concert by yourself to make a decision that it makes sense? I want connection and companionship. And those are beautiful things to desire. And as I am working on developing that part of my life, I am actually going to take my life off hold. Too many of us live on hold waiting for other people to bring us joy. If I am at home or coming home to myself, then I make a decision to start living a full life now. To not say, I'm going to travel when I have a boyfriend or girlfriend, a husband or a wife. I'm going to travel or I'm going to do things. It's going to be so much fun when I get a circle of friends. What are the ways that you can bring joy to your life in its present condition so that you are not just waiting for others. The next thing I want to invite you to do is to think about being in spaces intentionally where there are other people, even if they do not require a lot of interaction. Because some of us, because of past hurts or social anxiety, it becomes difficult to form friendships or relationships. And so we have isolated ourselves. But there are some social settings where there is not a high demand on you to engage in a deep level. So an example would be taking a class right? There's something you're interested in. If you take a cooking class or take uh, a class with an instrument or take a class in a foreign language, there is not a lot of pressure in terms of creating friendships in that space, but it puts you in the space where an interaction could potentially turn into a connection. And another space would be a meditation group or a Bible study. So a place where there are people without a lot of emotional pressure. What are the things that you can engage in that would be something you could enjoy that involve other people but will be minimal stress for you? So one of the things for me is spoken word, right? So I love poetry. You go to a spoken word reading and there are people up on the mic and they're sharing their poems and you can sit there and listen and clap. You might make small talk maybe with one or two people, but there is no pressure to perform unless you wanted to get up and share one of your poems, which you could do. But thinking about low stress possibilities 
to interact with others. The next piece that we want to think about when we consider deeper connection or deeper relationship is uh, to first cultivate the relationships that I have now. I have worked with people who have talked to me about not having anybody, but then the more they talk, they'll mention these various people. So I'm like, well, who is that? And who is that? And who is that? So sometimes we overlook what we have. So you want to ask yourself, is it that I want to deepen the friendships that I have or am I really starting from scratch, right? Do I really have no one or I have people, but it just doesn't have the depth that I would like. So we consider, especially if you have the kind of loneliness where you're around people but still lonely, is sometimes because of fear and distrust, we have kept all of our friendships very surface. Or because we have been hurt in the past, we have kept our friendships or our relationships very surface. And can I say even with dating that we can have physical intimacy and still be very emotionally surface. And yet we say we want more. So what that really means is taking the risk of vulnerability. And vulnerability and transparency are often contagious. Meaning if I have friends that all we do is talk about fluff and we talk about very surface things, sometimes I make the assumption that that's just how that other person is. But can I let you in on a secret? They might be thinking the same thing about you. That whenever we're together, we talk about nothing. So they're just not really into deep things. That may not be the case. So to take the risk of going into some deeper waters, to take the risk of being honest with people about how you're really feeling. This is so important, especially for those of you are usually the strong one. You like to be the strong one. You hold on to that as your identity. And so you never really let people in. That's how you can be the giver in your group, but still very lonely. And that can put you in a place of resentment and disconnection. Even if you like helping people, it is important to cultivate spaces where you do not have to wear the mask of perfection, where you could speak the truth about what is going on with you for real before we just hide behind that. I'm fine. How are you? What's going on with you? Ask you a million questions about you because I'm distracting you from me. And yet I feel lonely. So if that is you on today, I invite you to consider which of the associates or friends that you have, are you willing to risk the vulnerability of trying to have a deeper conversation? Out of the associates or friends or dating partners that you have, who are you willing to take the risk of showing up more in truth about what's really on your mind, about your dreams, about your needs, about your hurts, about your past? What is the part? What are? There are multiple what are the parts of your story that you consistently edit out and keep people from actually knowing you? And when I am willing to go deeper, when I am desiring greater connection, it also means greater vulnerability. The benefit of greater vulnerability is then I am actually known. Then I can actually be with you and be at home with myself, not on script, not with my mask on, not having to be superwoman or superman, but I can be me. And that's what real connection is. 
And for those of you who are in dating relationships or are in marriages where you are feeling lonely, what would it mean to risk showing up for real, to stop going through the motions, or you two have just become roommates and actually not, and when I say show up for real, I don't just mean sitting somebody down with your list of complaints. That doesn't really uh, require vulnerability on your part, right? Um, but what it would mean to show up with uh, honesty, what it would mean to show up with my desires, what it would mean to even show up with my hurts, but in a way that is solution focused and not just venting but uh, to express it with the purpose of repair. Some of us are lonely because there has been a lack of reparative work in the relationship or in the friendship. So you have to make a decision with the friends that I have, am I willing to do the work of repairing this? Are they willing to do the work it will require to repair this or is it done? And if it's done, but I'm still holding on to it, then I am keeping myself in a lonely place. I am clinging to the thing that I do not feel safe connecting to. And so that perpetuates the loneliness. And then there are those who are listening who it's not about deepening what you have, but you actually need uh, something new. So either you don't have anyone right now in terms of friendship or relationship or the people that are around you uh, don't really reflect you. And so that will require getting into new spaces. How can you meet new people? if you just go to work and go home every day and every weekend you stay in the house? Where are they supposed to meet you? So we have to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone, our day-to-day -day lives, because they say insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. So if I stay with the same people who I don't enjoy and I stay by myself, but I keep saying I feel lonely and I want connection, well, that's not working. That's not working. So unless it's going to be like the, the delivery man, I don't know where you're going to meet them. So I want, I want to invite you to whatever city you're in to look online and see something that is happening in your city. It may be a fair, a festival, a speaker, a concert. And to start, let me give you this one, an organization. Because if you go to an event, most people at an event don't do a lot of talking to strangers. They kind of go with the people they came with and leave with those same people. But if I get involved in an organization or a group that meets regularly, then that usually creates more opportunity for conversation. It creates more opportunity to be able to observe a person, to get a sense of them, and to work up to greater connection over time. So it's going to be important to come out of my comfort zone. In the meantime, as I'm working to build up those relationships, I invite you to look back at your past friendships and dating relationships and make sure you have pulled out the lessons. What are the things that sabotage those relationships? Because if I don't gain clarity about that, then I am likely to repeat that and continue uh, to have relationships that do not flourish. So I'm not only looking at what did other people do to me, but is there any role that I played either in 
how I have selected friends, how I have treated friends, how I have shown up in that space. Uh, What are my challenges with intimacy, with emotional intimacy, with physical intimacy, with spiritual intimacy? What are the ways, if any, that I sabotaged relationships? And I had someone, I think, write me this week on Instagram talking about owning their part of it, you know, and knowing that they really ruined what could have been a good thing in their last relationship. So we want to be honest with ourselves about what are the ways that either once we're in the relationship that uh, we may sabotage it or what are the ways in which we have chosen people or who we have been attracted to or who we have connected with uh, that may be problematic or what are the ways that we are closed off. So let me tell you, nobody really likes to be rejected, right? But if I'm always walking around looking unapproachable or angry, or if I have an air of arrogance um, or, you know, my, my attitude communicates to people, I don't want to be bothered and yet I'm feeling lonely. Well, now I'm standing in my own way of connection. So trying to get a sense of what are the things in me that may need to heal and grow so that I can be connected. The last two things I want to mention are things you can do in the meantime. One of them is volunteerism. And so giving back, being around people, being of service to others. One, it's a blessing to bless others. And then two, you may encounter people who are kindred spirits, people who also either care about the environment or care about abused children or care about animals or care about cleaning up the community or care about political protests. So getting active in the things that speak to your heart, that speak to your spirit, and being open to that process that as I give, I can also receive. And the last one I'll just mention is moving your body, uh, getting active because loneliness can eat us up. A lot of times with loneliness, we isolate, we don't move, we become couch potatoes and we're sitting there with the TV watching us um, or scrolling on our phones. And um, all of that has an impact on us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So there is some despair that is stuck in your body. There is some emotional pain that is stuck in your body. There is the loneliness that is you're holding in your body. And then it affects the way we carry ourselves, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we communicate. It's stuck in the body. So I want to invite you at the end of this podcast episode, if you are at home, to put on a song and get up and dance. A song that speaks life so you can release some of that stuff you've been carrying in your body. If you're driving or you're at work, uh, when you get home later today, to put on some music and to move, to move and to breathe so that you are not consumed by the loneliness as you make a decision to live authentically, deeply, and honoring your connection to yourself and to others. I invite your soul to tell your heart mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.